Hello, SDG Talks community. Kevin Sofen here with your mini-series from the Unleashed 2022 Innovation Labs in Mysore, India. A lot of these interviews occurred during the mornings in the eating hall. And you will also notice my voice getting progressively worse as the week went on. So please excuse the not-so-perfect audio. There are many fascinating conversations here with brilliant people covering all the sustainable development goals, and I'm excited to hear your feedback and questions from the content. A special shout out to the Unleash Secretariat, Comonix, HCL, Infosys, and the countless other partners that made this incredible event happen. Now enjoy the content and keep on SDG talking. Here in the maybe 11th or 12th episode of this amazing experience here at Unleash India, alongside two of my close Unleash friends that I made in Unleash China, Jacob Amengor and Andy Akoto-Ado. How are you guys doing? Oh, we are doing great. Fantastic. It's been a long time coming. I've been chasing you guys down for two plus years now. I'd be like, I want to do a podcast on water. Let's do it. And here we are. Yes, it's been two years and I think it's long overdue. So I'm happy to do this. I mean, it's been a long time coming, as you said, and I've been looking forward to meet you and there's no better way to do it in person. Yeah, in Mysore, India. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds crazy saying that, but there's truly no place else I'd rather be than Mysore, India, with Jacob and Andy having breakfast. <laughs> no place we'd rather be than being with Kevin in Mysore, India. Without I mean, positive are energy. <laughs> you are the real deal. Hey, the feeling is mutual. You have both had different roles here. Andy, you've been a facilitator. Jacob, you've been a plus talent. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm like about to cry. This is like the last flip. Final full day. Yeah. How has the Unleash India 2022 experience been for you? Two words. Intense, yet exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a facilitator, you know, back in 20, I was just a talent in 2019. COVID hit, Unleash went online, worked on various hacks as hack organizer, facilitator, a couple of stuff, but then all these things were online. And then I've been waiting to have an in-person experience. Coming here as a facilitator, sometimes you have this feeling that you want to be a talent because going through the design process, the problem framing, and it'd be like, oh, I was in this guy's shoes. But then the other side, getting to observe your peers. I mean, people within the same space trying to solve for problems that are, I mean, facing us as a world. It's just incredible. That's exciting getting to go through this process. And as a facilitator, you can only guide. You can't really be a, a part of the design process and getting to, you know, get checked, work through this guy's problem framing, their insights, and I see how aggressive, intimate, intense the process is. And seeing the energy from them, I mean, their energy is just contagious. I can say that I'm having the best time of my life at the moment in India as a facilitator for Unleash, of course. What about you, Jacob? Yes. Uh, I'll start from the past six months. So uh, enrolling on the Unleashed Plats Bootcamp, the intense work that we do, the online meetings, the checkpoints, the deliverables, the solution plan and everything. It's been amazing. It's been difficult at some point. At a point, I felt like giving up because the deliverables were just too much because you need to work on ThinkyFig, you need to do potential life. But coming here to India and meeting the experts, meeting the mentors, 
and they helping you, giving you new ideas, giving you new perspectives about how you should look at your enterprise has been amazing. It's been really fulfilling. I didn't make it to Dragons then, but I feel I've been able to improve on my business model. I've been able to look at it from a different view and it's just been amazing. It's just been amazing. Well, I sometimes live by that quote, fall six times, stand up seven. Exactly. It's good to kind exactly. of, even in this process, to, to get your soul crushed a little bit. And you may have this idea of my idea is the best, but it's good to have outside perspectives really do constructive criticism. And I've seen here that this isn't like people poking holes wanting you to fail. It's people poking holes wanting you to succeed. Yeah. So all the con constructive criticism is out of love. Yeah. What's been from the plus side, which is, is now, it's come such a long way from what I've seen from China mm -hmm. to now India, and I can't wait till what 2023 looks like. Tell us a little bit more about that plus experience here about like interacting with the different experts, interacting with the different teams and entrepreneurs. What was that like? And how is that, you know, from when you got here to where you are now, you know, just what's been the impact on your business? Yeah, so looking at what has had happened online, going through the deliverables and all that, I was wondering what we'd be using the eight to seven days to do here because I felt probably we've done everything already. So uh, I was skeptical, skeptical about what is going to happen. But looking at a program where you have scheduled times to meet experts, for them to give you their opinions on your idea, and you have a dedicated mentor who kind of guides you through the process, tells you what to look out for, tells you who to speak to, all has, in a way, helped us to think deeply about the problem that we want to solve, the solution that we have, how we tailor it so that it's sustainable in the long run. And, you know, the checkpoints are different from what we experienced in the, in the one for the innovation lab in China, where you have a checkpoint for problem framing, ideation, and all that. So here, it's not like that. You have a checkpoint every day. So you have to pitch your solution all over again to different experts and mentors, and they give you their opinion. So it's like you keep on getting deeper, deeper understanding of the business that you have, of the problem that you are solving, and you use that to iterate your solution. So I would say that it's been a week of iterations. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing that I tell everyone that it's, it's kind of like a meandering river mm. when we're here in that year. Start here, you go left, you go right. And especially from the plus side, you're a little bit farther along, so you're now almost a tiny bit later stake stuff, but at the same time, being willing to pivot. And sometimes you have an idea of what the business model could look like or just the impact opportunity mm -hmm. and with an outside perspective that can completely change. So for those of us that we haven't even talked about water yet, <laughs> I always kind of joke that all the SDGs are important, yeah. but SDG 6 is it's the most important. important. It's life. Water is life. That's how it's life. Yeah, yeah, tell me, what does water mean to you guys? Water means life, literally, actually. I mean, when you think about every source of life, you're thinking about the fishes in the sea, aquatic life. They need the water, they need the sea to be kept clean. They need the oceans to be kept clean for us to have quality aquatic life. And then when you come to the life on land, trees need 
quality, efficient distribution of water sources in terms of irrigation plants for farming purposes, in terms of the rains that come, I mean, our drinking, our cooking, and everything. So water is actually the intersection of every life-giving thing, every physical thing. So it's the source of life on Earth. First, that's what water means to me. And, I mean, we face several challenges, and the water scarcity challenges in our side of the world, in Ghana, and then the quality of water and then the accessibility of it, it adds it all to tell us that there's an urgent need for action within the water space. There's an urgent need for action. And so, I mean, that inspires us to continue to work on a few things that we are doing. And for me, as someone who is more of an advocate, as someone who is more of a design person in terms of solutions that will help deprived communities to access clean, portable drinking water, and then even for domestic purposes, and also for us to just build a very holistic life on Earth, actually. Maybe Jacob will add more to it, more of the technicalities and the things that we've actually done in the past. Yeah, to add to what Andrew has said, for me, I feel water has this combining effect that brings a lot of things together. I feel it's water that holds the world together. When there's no clean water, when there's no access to water, there's nothing that goes on. You see how the clean water and safe sanitation underpins all the SDGs, all of them. Because you cannot talk about clean energy without water. You cannot talk about climate change without water. You cannot talk about quality of education without water. So water is linked to each and every one of the SDGs. And I believe that is where we should look at it from. Well, to me, I feel we've not given that importance to water in the world as of today. I think we have taken it for granted because, well, I woke up today, I didn't even think about whether the tap was going to run for water for brushing my teeth or water to drink or anything. It's become so common to us that we don't really value it. But it's something that we should hold dear to our heart. When you say, and I totally agree with you, sometimes I grew up in a bubble in Los Angeles, California. I live in Chicago, Illinois now. We're surrounded by 20% of the world's fresh water. I have access to, when I turn on the sink, you know, I think about the amount of times when I interact with water in the morning from when I wake up, brush my teeth, flush the toilet, take a shower, make coffee, cook breakfast, the water energy next is when I turn it on to whatever energy I'm using if I'm commuting that day to the amount of energy it takes to charge my phone. And like, all these like little intricate overlap links of water. And some of that could be a little nebulous in terms of like the water energy nexus. Some of it's a little bit more direct from the water I use to make my coffee in the morning. But, and this could be applicable to so many things, but like why don't we value water properly? And how do we get people to value water, to make water more important in terms of how we respect water? Okay. So first of all, I think we need to increase more of advocacy because people don't really understand what water is. We all know, uh, I need to drink water when I'm thirsty, I need water to bath, but that is not how we should look at it from. We should look at it from how it affects our lives, our productivity, our livelihoods. If we are able to explain how water impacts this aspect of our lives, I think the value that we place on water will rise. Also, we need to communicate 
the challenges that other people in other parts of the world are facing when it comes to water. Because when you see the challenges that people go through, the fact that people would have to drink water with a color as brown as tea or coffee, then you would understand that, oh, there are some people that are taking what I'm taking for granted. That is a challenge to them. That is affecting their lives. That is making them fall sick, different kind of diseases. You know, we've come to a point when we have assessed the negative impacts of water in statistics. Say, oh, 80% of all the diseases caused in the world are waterborne. It looks so simple. 80% of the world is like 6 billion. We just said 8 billion, so yeah. So you see, and these are lives of people. How do we feel when we lose one family member? And this 8, 6 billion people are at risk. So when we are able to assess water in terms of people's lives, their vision, their aspiration, then we will understand the value that we need to place on water. I totally, totally agree with that. The advocacy has to go down. You know, sometimes when you have access to some social amenities and some benefits, you tend to think that it is a given. I mean, it's a given. There's water, there's... And you don't really begin to appreciate that what you actually have, it's quote-unquote a certain sort of privilege because other people are deprived. Other people are lacking. So when you have it, you place a certain sort of value on it. So we talk about the last mile, those that are affected, those that are grossly impacted by water scarcity issue or the quality of water and then the access of water. And then you know ask yourself that if I have access, then I shouldn't waste water. If I have access, then I shouldn't wrongly dispose in some water bodies. If I have access, then I should really be a part of keep taking care of our water bodies and helping other people that are grossly impacted by the lack of it to equally have a certain safe net in a certain sense to benefit from their access hopefully their access also because we are all connected i mean in a certain way when you don't keep your water bodies clean in your own community another community might, might be impacted another person who you don't think is also drinking from the same tap of yours might be impacted so it's a whole national continental global conversation that we must put so much emphasis on so much emphasis on one thing that I had a friend talk about this potential marketing campaign around water where it was water and blank, water and blank, whether it's water and food, water and energy, water and family, water and education. Like, I think there's a big need to, from different geographical contexts, to, to really look at that link. And then I think we know that you could say, yeah, water is important. We know that. But like, what can you do about it? And this is a tough thing, whether you're an institutional partner, whether you're a, a bank or whether you're a company, whether you're a nonprofit, whether you're an individual, but like, what can you do about it? And I guess maybe I'll speak about it in terms of a, an individual level. What can an individual human do? And that's, that's a hard question, whether it's someone living in rural Ghana to someone living in New York City. So that's kind of a hard question, but I'm going to throw it your way. 
to see what your uh, thoughts are. Yes, I think everybody can do something. Everybody, every single person living on this earth, every one of the 8 billion people drink water. So if you drink water, you can do something about water. That is the first point we need to look at it from. The other one is that if you are drinking water, then what do you think you can do to preserve your assets? If you are drinking water, what can you do to preserve your assets? Whilst you are preserving the assets of water that you have, you are using water diligently. In your own small way, you are contributing to somebody also getting access to water. That is the first level. The second level is looking at the challenges that other people are facing. What can you do to help them? I don't believe that I'll be having water and I know that my family somewhere doesn't have access to water and I'll just keep quiet and not help them out. Can't sit there and do nothing. The world is one big family. If we look at it from that point, then we can't sit down and fold our hands. Is it advocacy that you can do? Is it fundraising that you can do for other enterprises or other companies to provide water to those who don't have? Is it that you can organize cleanup sessions at the beach or river bodies just to conserve the river? There are different, different activities that everybody, everybody on this earth can do to ensure that people have access to water, to ensure that river bodies are being conserved. So you can look at it from different education, yeah. climate change, energy, everywhere. Nobody has an excuse not to do anything. Just do something. Just do it. Absolutely. I mean, right now there's nothing to add, but just to say that if you know how to conserve your own energy, your own water consumption, you can then pass it on to another person. I mean, one person telling somebody that this is how you actually conserve your water. That is how you actually treat your water. If you have the knowledge, we need you. It's one of the reasons why, I mean, Wash Advancement Center, something that we started working on and Jacob pioneering this activity, we started with advocacy. I mean, start to inform the people, rural Ghana, tell them how to keep their water clean. We take the education to them and then we actually build solar powered water systems for these communities within our own small way, within our own means, and this gentleman with other team members have been seriously going to the ground, I mean, the grassroots level, trying to bring these people who are grossly affected by the water crisis challenges and the quality of water challenges, and even on the usage of it. I mean, sometimes people just abuse the use of water. You turn in your tub and then it overflows. And those are the things that we must rethink or reassess ourselves about to know how we conserve because people need it and we are doing our part. You can join us in actually going to Africa, going to Ghana to build more water filtration systems and solar-powered water tanks and other systems that these communities need. And that's what we need, I mean, to make our world an inclusive and better place. So it took us almost 20 minutes to get to what actually is the WASH Advancement Center. But I think I want to now dive into that a little bit more on the technical side, in the what and the how side. You, you talked a lot about the why, but the what is it and how do you 
with the WASH Advancement Center. Paint a quick picture of what it is and what are some of the technologies that you work to implement and, and how do you help people within the community? Yeah, so through the WASH Advancement Center, we are working to provide clean water and safe sanitation to the rural communities, especially the hard-to-reach ones. The hard-to-reach ones because currently in Ghana, we have 80% access to clean water and safe sanitation. And that 15%, it actually took us five years to move from 50% to 80%. It's been another five years. We've not made much progress from 85% to 100%. Why? Because the hard-to-reach communities are the ones that we don't see, are the ones that we can easily ignore, are the ones that we don't have the cameras there to give us publicity to the companies for their corporate social responsibility, to give votes to the politicians. So it's easy not to focus on those ones. But that is where we need to go. And that is why we, the young ones, came together and said that, no, we need to help our colleagues out there. Because personally, I've been a victim of not having access to clean water and safe sanitation. And that drives my passion for it. You know, starting this thing, we had a funding of $5,500 to build a solar mechanized borehole. And that wasn't enough because we needed $10,000. That's amazing. And I had to contribute the $4,500 from my salary and personal savings. And I still ask myself, with that money, in 2019, that money could have built me a house. So why would I use it to help a community that I don't come from, that I don't know anybody? I can't put it on my CV. <laughs> but it's the passion. And I think that is how the world should look at it. I don't know how to communicate my passion to the world so that they understand that people having access to water. We all say water is life. But you know that people don't have access to it. So you know that there are about 2 billion people in the world that do not have access to clean water. And these people don't have access to life. And you are okay. Oh. I knew you were amazing before. But hearing that and seeing it, the way that people, you communicate the passion is one conversation at a time. Continuing to leverage all these resources at Unleash. Being here for plus. You're doing exactly what you should be doing. And I guess what I'd like to know more about too is like, well, you know, it's, today is December 10th. What's the next three to 12 months look like? And then how can people get involved and potentially help? Yes, so through Unleash Plus, we've been able to clearly put out what we want to do in the next six months. Yeah, we've been able to also refine our business model. So now we are going to operate as a non-profit, but with income generating activities. So in the next six months, we've been able to build a 10,000 liter per day capacity solar mechanized water system in Abutia, Messiah, Kope in the Volta region of Ghana. Now this community has a population of 1,000. We are producing 10,000 liters of water per day. It's not enough for the community. So our first step in the next six months is to expand this facility to 30,000 liters per day. And that is what we plan to do. So in order to do that, we need to raise funds. So we are going to do crowdfunding. 
as the beginning because we think that we've been able to acquire the skills through plus, but how to go communicate what we are doing so that individuals can donate first. If you are able to successfully expand these systems and really track the impact that we are making, then we can sell it out to the organizations to also come in and support. So that is where we are going with this. And I hate to say this because I feel that people should have access to water without paying for it. That's where the government and policy and some form of advocacy and some form of stakeholder consultation comes in. So those activities are intersected within the entire roadmap. Whilst building that, we need to actually get the buy-in and the support of key stakeholders within the communities and those that are the decision makers to begin to think about policies and initiatives that will help the hard-to-reach people because, I mean, they equally face livelihood, other forms of livelihood and income challenges. And so paying for water seems to be too much for such a deprived, hard-to-reach community. So there's a need for governments and key stakeholders to actually find a way of supporting us, actually. And, you know, I, from the facilities perspective, I'm helping this team and I'm with them. From the, So it's a whole blend for me. And there are so many things that come through in my mind when I think about this whole thing. And it, it's amazing. And we can only call for support, actually. I'm so freaking proud of you guys from when I first met you in China to watching us grow individually, collectively, virtually, and then being back in person. <laughs> Feeling you. Feeling you. Seeing you. Experiencing you. I just can't tell you how much I've enjoyed watching your journeys and continue to see what's next. If you could wrap, if you could summarize, I guess I kind of asked this earlier, but I'm asked again. If you could describe the Unleashed experience and what it means to you, why it's so important for your life and how it's changed your life for the better. It could be one word or it could be two sentences. What would that be? Two sentences. Discovery. And then unleash. So I discovered my potential, my full potential, and I unleashed it in several ways. I mean, the social innovation and social entrepreneurship ecosystem in Ghana. Now they call me Mr. Unleash in Ghana because I'm the leading brand and the face of Unleash, quote unquote, in Ghana with a number of talents. I mean, friends that I made, that I found in 2019. It's a damn damn good looking face of Ghana, I tell you what. (laughs) And what about you, Jacob? Yeah, so to me, I'll say the Unleash experience is one of a kind. One, I believe, is a getaway from the world to come back to the world with a solution. Because it's through Unleash that I got to know about, oh, if you find a problem that you think that you need to solve, you need to really frame it well. Because... Had it not been unleashed, I don't think that I can narrow down to that, oh, okay, what I want to do will really benefit the heart to reach communities. So unleash is some kind of, should I say, just like the story of Jesus Christ going up to the mountains, praying all the time, then come down during the day and do those miracles and wonders. <laughs> that is how I see unleash to be. You leave the world, you go out. You prepare yourself, you fortify yourself with the ideas, with the advice from all the experts, the facilitators, the mentors. Then you you come back to the world and just unleash the solutions that you've had. 
what you talk, great example, and I think it's just important too to know that I challenge everyone, you come to these events, they're amazing, but what are you gonna do differently tomorrow? How do you take these insights and put it into action? If you go home and go back to your same exact life, same exact thinking, it was a complete waste of time and money. So I challenge all of you, I challenge you both to continue to harness everything you've learned, harness the connections, to continue to get better. Because you're both doing great stuff, but as you said, we can't waste any more time. Yeah. The time to do this is now. We no. have to be very urgent. We have to be very intentional. We have to be very action-oriented. Yeah. Yes, we can keep doing some white papers and some whiteboards and some yeah. post-it notes. Like, it's good to do this at certain times, but we need action. And you just got to do. Exactly. And one thing I really admire about you both is you're, you're movers and shakers. You're doers. So on behalf of Unleash, the SDG Talks, and just the world, thank you for what you guys are doing and keep going. Thank you. thank you for having us. Thank you, Kevin. And hey. thank you for the great work that you are doing. Hey, I love you guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the SDG Talks podcast. Make sure to check out all the show notes for relevant links from this show. Please share and follow SDG Talks on social media and stay tuned for updates from the Unleash in United Nations community. The goal of the SDG Talks is to bring you good content. So if you want to learn about something specific or have suggestions, please let us know. We look forward to seeing you next time on SDG Talks.